Hey guys, how's it going? Matt from Foulball Productions here. Thank you so much for joining me today. I hope that you're doing well. I'm doing phenomenally. Thank you so very much. Actually, I'm barely hanging on. I slept almost not at all last night. This being the night of the recording of this, not the night before this comes out. And, uh, oh boy, little delirious, little wired, so the show might be crazy. I don't know. We ever just have that where you just can't sleep? Just can't. And that's what happened. I, I, I kind of got blown off by a girl last night. Not thrilled about that. Uh, you know, she, she told me she had to take care of her personal responsibilities. She has a big thing coming up tomorrow. And uh, even though we had plans, she, uh, I don't know, didn't meet them with me, which I was not thrilled about. So instead of just staying out with everybody I work with, I was like, you know what? Forget it. I'm going to go home and I'm going to be a responsible man. I'm going to be a very responsible human being. I'm going to go home and I'm going to get some rest. And that's exactly what I did. I came home. I played just just a little bit of New Vegas, just a little itty bitty bit. And... Uh, as you can see, Luke is here, and he's still biting himself, cleaning himself because of insects. Well, I'll get to that. I'll get to that because it's part of the story. Uh, so I was like, all right, you know what? Pick up your pride. It sucks this happened. You, had, you, know, you wanted to hang out with a nice young lady. She blew you off. Not that cool, but that's okay. I'm an adult. I'm a man. Pretty much. I can handle these things. Not that big of a deal. So what I did was went home, played a little bit of New Vegas, watched the most recent episode of The Offer, and I was in bed by like 12.45, right, which is goddamn early for me. And uh, I was like, okay, I'm going to get some sleep and wake up. I'm going to go to the gym. I'm going to go to the post office. I'm going to record my podcast before work. I'm going to get so much done. Well, guess what? That didn't work out. Because my brain pops up at 4 o'clock in the morning because of this little fucker just gnawing at himself and moving all over and jumping all over me. I think he still has fleas even though I give him this medication all the time. He's got a new collar. I've, I've cleaned this place so many times to try to get rid of the fleas to no avail, which is very upsetting. Uh, so, so it affected my sleep and I just couldn't fall back asleep and I'm just laying there for hours and hours until when my alarm was supposed to go off, which was eight. And I'm like, all right, I'm on like three hours of sleep. I, 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 I guess I have to get up. So I did and I felt awful achy, you know, like this is like the end of my work week. Today is the last day of my work block and, uh, uh, you know, it's like it's a lot. I'm tired and I didn't sleep. I'm cranky and I had a long weekend. And uh, so I finally go to the gym. And that actually did manage to shake it off, which is good, which is good. Uh, and then the rest of the day has just kind of been me seesawing between being, I'm okay, to being like, oh, my God, I'm going to die. I'm going to die. No, I'll be, I'll be fine. I'll be fine. I'm pushing through. So right now, I'm in an up. I'm in an up. When I got off of work a few hours ago, I was in a low. I'm in an up right now. I'm in an up. And this little fleabic and fucker and I are here to entertain you. Yes, we are. Yes, we are. But yeah, I got blown off last night. Not thrilled about that. Didn't love it. Didn't love it. But, uh, you know, you know how it is dealing with girls. You get flaky sometimes. They make their own. They just do things. It sucks. It's so hard to date women <laughs> it's very difficult i find i have found in general and i have been accused of reading into things with girls too much why do you read into things it's like because you're not forthcoming just kind of naturally don't feel that women are naturally forthcoming and they speak in code and they hint at things and it's body language and it's all these you know subtle mind jedi mind tricks that you have to know how to interpret and i and i don't i don't know how to interpret them so i read into what they say thinking that the code the truth lies in that it doesn't uh and i've often been accused of that it's like there would be no issue here if you were just forthright if you were just 
revealing about what you were feeling or wanted or were trying to say to me. No problem! There'd be no problem, but there is a problem. There's lots of problems. The problem is I'm lonely. I'm lonely, and it's just me and my cat and my computer and my companion Boone as we traverse the Mojave. And that's all there is. And, of course, all of you. And, of course, all of you, which it does keep me warm. It does keep me cozy and lovely. We had a very good cocktail lounge the other night. Went for almost seven hours. Golly, gee whiz, I was drunk at the end of that. Yes, I was. And I think that had a lot to do with why my weekend was so taxing because I was so hungover the next day. And that folds into the next day and folds into the next day. And, you know, it's just uh, so on and so forth. But I do think that Mr. Comics Division has convinced me or he's on his way to convincing me to buying an AR-15. I still feel weird. I've never lived in a home where there's been a gun in the house. So it's not that I'm opposed to it. I'm just a little uncomfortable with it myself. I mean, it seems cool, you know. Like, you need it for, like, home defense. I'm not really worried about that. First of all, anybody coming through the door, dude, you're going to get one, you're going to get two, you're going to get three. All right, bro? All right? You watch out for these hands, kid. Um, But I I live in a gated community. It's all college kids around here. I'm not that worried. You know, it's it's quiet. There's no break-ins here. You know, you got to use a code to get through a gate. There's, like, security. I wouldn't put my life in his hands, but it's at least a deterrent, you know, even though on my block just a few weeks ago, there was an automatic shooting with the cops, but I don't think that's a safety issue. I think it's more of a mental health thing going on there, but it does make you think, and these guys are terrifying me, making me think the world's going to collapse in the next few months. So they're like, buy beans. And I did, I bought a bunch of dry beans and I came to the next door the next day uh, on Amazon and I'm like, is this me? That was impulsive, right? Like, I didn't think that through. I just did what they told me to do. I bought flour. And I'm just like, I don't, I don't know how I feel about this. I don't know if I want to impulsively buy an AR-15. It feels like a strange choice. But I don't have a criminal record. So I don't think there should be any problem with me being able to purchase it. I don't know that I want to drop, you know, 800 bills on a gun I don't know how to use. You know, I mean, I understand the basics. I know how to drop out the magazine load up the next round, but I certainly don't know how to take the thing apart and clean it. You know, it's like, I feel like I should have some kind of instruction before I'm able to have a, a, a weapon of mass death. And I'm not saying everyone should. I'm just saying I personally, Matt from Foulball Productions should, should have to take a class, should have to explain what round it uses. Is it five, five, it's five, five, six. I know that much. Oy. But it's appealing. It's appealing. And gun owners do make it look very appealing. Responsible gun owners do make gun ownership very appealing. It's something that I'm, I gravitate towards, right? Because they, they're, they're very responsible. They're so responsible, it's kind of annoying because that's all they talk about. But it gives me confidence that they're not going to be willy-nilly with these guns. They talk all about them, how to load them, safety, whether there's ammunition, all, all that stuff, right? So that's cool. And I, and I guess I would have to be like that if I had a fucking, I know, we don't say assault rifle. I know, I know. I don't know what else you call a lightweight weapon with plastic parts meant for maneuvering with a 30-round magazine. I don't know what else you could call that except the weapon used in assaulting people. But I'm not opposed to it. Don't get me wrong. I'm no liberal cuck. Not this guy. Not me, buddy. No, no, no. It's just foreign to me. It's uncomfortable. It's not something I'm opposed to. Trust me. I'm not trying to infringe on your rights. I believe in the Bill of Rights. Dear God. Too many conservative fans. I have to say that. No, I believe it. I'm just kidding. Just busted your balls there. Just a little different for me. That's all it really comes down to. And I'm sure once I pop my cherry and buy my first weapon, I won't really. It won't freak me out. I'll feel comfortable with it. I'll understand it. I'll understand the responsibility. You know, it's probably like when you have a kid, right? It's like all of a sudden things clarify. You're like, oh, okay, I get it. And I'm sure I would, you know? It's not like I, I don't have a gun safe, so it would just be sitting in my closet at best. But I think it would be good to have a weapon, you know? Seems like a mature thing to do, right? Like going to the dentist or getting life insurance. You're just having a, having a weapon. It's like, yeah, you know, at a certain point, you just got to own an AR. You know, you just got to be a man about things. 
and I live in the great state of Texas, so not too worried about those rights being infringed upon anytime soon. However, you know, you never know. With that crazy commie in office, Biden. I guess that was trending on Twitter today. Biden destroys America or whatever, and it was just a bunch of, you know, conservative memes and stuff like that. Pretty interesting. But speaking of that, I have been listening to so I went to the Chris Williamson, the YouTuber. I went to his meetup uh, last Thursday, and that was great. That was an excellent time, and I'm so happy that I went. Um, excuse me. Because it really was a meeting. I didn't expect this, but it was a meeting of a lot of people who are intellectuals in the sense that they want to discuss ideas and they want to have genuinely open conversations about these ideas, right? It's not like you're going to say the wrong thing and they're going to attack you or judge you or label you. They want to genuinely discuss the topics. And it was really fascinating. And like the conversation that I was talking with, there was a, a woman who was from China and uh, moved here, I don't know, a few years back uh, with very – explained the very different way, the mating customs in China, very different than those in the United States. Basically, like on your first dates, like what they do is they just lay out their life plan. And are, is that life plan of mine compatible with your life plan? Which I was just like, whoa, that is heavy. That is not how it has been done in my dating life. Actually, you kind of don't really talk about that. Sort of like the last thing you bring up is whether you want kids or a family. I mean, it might come up if you're really clicking, but yeah, it's kind of one of those things you stay away from because it seems a little impulsive. You know, It seems like maybe you're a little unhinged. You're talking about that already? Slow down, chief. You haven't even fucked my ass yet. There you go. Um, and, uh, and so she was really interesting, and her perspective on dating and culture and this, that, and the other was really fascinating. Then there was this other dude, gay fellow from Texas. I think he – no, Maryland? Lives in Texas anyway. Uh, I think he's an accountant. Um, but, like, exclusively, like, he just consumes so much, like, Daily Wire. But he wasn't, like – he wasn't ranting like you like a lot of – you know, some conservative Republicans can do. They get pretty. They get pretty preachy, which is a little taxing. You know, and not not to say the left doesn't do that too. Don't say that. I'm definitely not saying that. I wouldn't say that. Um, but you know, you, you know, my uncles are like that. It's like, ugh, shut the fuck up. You can't. They can't. Have, you can't have a conversation. You know, it's not. It's not a productive conversation. It's like a lecture, and then you you're given an opportunity to agree with said lecture. Ugh, riveting. Even if I agree with you, I don't want to. Um, but he was so fascinating because it's just like, okay, right? Like you definitely don't fit the archetype, right? You're a gay man. You used to be like in music. You're supposed to be on the left, right? And you are actually so far on the other side. But he wasn't – he was a very – he seemed like a very reasonable guy. Very fascinating. And then this other guy worked in government. And he seemed to kind of have like, like libertarian streaks running through him, right? Like he was uh, you know, kind of – like he wanted to work in like – suing the government or, or kind of like taking the government on with certain cases or with certain people. And I was like, based. Yeah, that's cool. I like that. You know, and he's like, just because the government says it's a thing that doesn't end there, you know, and it was someone who worked and he, he his uh, his perspective was interesting because he works in politics. So the con the contrast between his perspective of actually like being in the arena versus uh, us all of us just speculating about it or talking about it with grand platitudes and stuff was really fascinating because he didn't just like agree when we were agreeing he was just very quiet and then we're just kind of like what are you where are you at what do you think you know I don't want to freeze you out of this conversation and he's just like no and he just offered a very different perspective that was still like base and that was what was so cool about this it was like all these people from different walks of life you know what I mean. Um, and uh, and it was just a meeting of minds of people that just, you know, we are there for common reasons. But Chris Williamson can't be confused with like a conservative, right? He's not a Republican. He's just more of a like he's like a bro intellectual, you know, and that's what I, I really liked about him. And that was another thing, too. that was so interesting. I didn't really get to talk to too many people because I only had, I was only there for a few hours because I had to run and do another thing, uh, which is more related to the food channel. Um, but there was a singer who's also a wine chemist who I really want to interview, uh, and she had a show, so I agreed to go to her show. So I had to cut the Chris Williams things short. But, hey, whatever. That's uh, that's how these things go. Um, but there was also, like, the crowd, the demographic was maybe a Chris Williamson YouTuber meetup. 
maybe everyone just got out of a rock climbing class. Could be. It's hard to tell. It's really hard to tell. Lots of guys with great thighs. You know, the the the, the line, the, uh, the the veins down the forearms, you know, so they've been working out for a while. You got low body fat. But also, like, intellectually discussing things. It was a really, really fascinating meetup, and I'm very happy to have partaken in it. It was really, really cool. Uh, the reason where this is all going, other than Matt loves Chris Williamson, um, is the accountant fellow turned me on to a um, a YouTube channel called Freedom Tunes. I don't know if you guys heard about this. This is the first I've heard about it. It's essentially like cartoons uh, made by this one animator, this guy Seamus, who uh, has conservative values. Now, he's not a conservative mouthpiece, right? Like, he definitely has those principles, but they seem very reasonable. They seem extraordinarily well-researched. They don't seem like it's just like, that's what sounds right to me. It seems like he's done the empirical work to really come to these conclusions. Um, and I think he says on his Twitter he's formally a libertarian. He's not a libertarian anymore. I, but I'm not, don't quote me on this. I'm, I'm just getting to know this guy. Uh, but he did do a lot of videos that were kind of from a libertarian point of view. Uh, and, and they're really good. They're really funny. There's one about the, uh, the, the artificial wage gap. And that was really funny. And like someone and the, the conversations with the people being like, well, OK, fine. I mean, yeah, they do go into different jobs and it is about less hours or whatever. Uh, but th that's because society makes them do that. You're like, yeah, but that's not what you said. And yeah, it was really good. I mean, I, I'm not doing a great job conveying the comedy, but I swear the comedy's there. Um, but. The other thing he did, he did that I loved, and he hasn't done one in years, which really disappointed me to learn that it was something that was over. It was something called The Debunkers, and it was these two guys. I'm a, a brilliant intellectual, as am I. And they like would just, we spend our past time. Oh, fuck it. I'll just play intro. Why am I trying to paraphrase this? brilliant intellectual. As am I. The two of us were sick and tired of dealing with troglodytes, and so we moved into a bomb shelter so we wouldn't catch the stupid. To stay sharp, we spent our days pursuing the pastime of true intellectuals, debunking YouTube videos. But when the world needed us most, we disappeared. Without uploading for over a year. Anyway, you get the idea, right? And so basically what they do is they like mystery science theater these uh these like youtube videos right that are all politically motivated and it's hilarious i would say you know there's times maybe about 10 percent of the time where they lose the comedy and are just making points but they're usually there's usually a reason they drop the jokes is because the point is so well thought out and articulate that it kind of needs to just sort of exist on its own but it's really good it's really funny, and it was cracking me up. And I stayed up like all night one night just watching these guys debunk these YouTube videos and argue claims. And they weren't, you know, it's it's just one guy, but it's like it wasn't unreasonable. Like it wasn't just like ah, you know, it was like they were really fighting the points and then analyzing the data and coming back up with counterfacts. It was great, really, really funny. So in conclusion, I am not a liberal cuck. Okay. Crystal clear on all that. Yes. Um, speaking of liberal cucks, though, uh, this actually, this made me laugh. I haven't read the article, but it really cracked me up because it was just one more example of how oppressive and intolerant the United States is, right? We're the least, uh, we're the least tolerant country in the world or the most, uh, most oppression, most white supremacy. Well, that's odd. Because 14 Asian and Middle Eastern nations ban Lightyear movie over gay scenes. <laughs> we are so oppressive that other countries ban these movies that depict gay lifestyles. But we are so oppressive. It's just, it really is like some people just live with their head underground and and seeing the light of day is almost going to give them a heart attack. It's like, you can say there's issues. You can say there's things that need to change. But when you make these gigantic, grand, hyperbolic statements, and then this fact exists, I don't understand, like, 
Do you understand the name, the nature of integrity? Does that mean anything to you? Do you care about that? And we know the answer is no, but still, it's like, it's just absurd. So let's read the article. Carlos Garcia writes this for The Blaze. 14 nations from in the Middle East and Asia have banned the Pixar movie Lightyear from being featured in their theaters. So it's like can't even be seen in the whole country. We're not talking about some, you know, ooh, the the baker who won't make the gay cake. It's like, no, it would be like no bakeries could make gay cakes, cakes in the whole country. That's what this is. Banned on a federal level. Uh, from being featured in the theaters over the inclusion of a same-sex couple in the highly anticipated film. From... The report from Reuters cites a source familiar with the matter. Almost, Although most countries banning the film have not commented on their justification for the decision, the United Arab Emirates has confirmed that their ban is related to the same-sex scenes that violate their media content standards. They have legal standards, legal, that they have to uphold, that says too gay for the, na- the citizens of this nation. Where are you? leftists huh when are you gonna speak up are we gonna boycott uae are we we're gonna go after islam's problem with homosexuality no we're just not gonna touch that one a little too uncomfortable because it doesn't involve white christians okay understood Lightyear is an animated film about an astronaut about astronaut buzz Lightyear, a character plucked from the incredibly popular popular don't know why i can't speak because i haven't slept i'm tired i'm tired i'm sorry that i'm tripping all over my words and i can't convey this article well i'm doing my best bear with me incredibly popular toy story movie franchise one of the main characters friends is a gay woman and a relationship with another woman bro they have problem with lesbians no one's got problem with lesbians dude scissoring bro super hot super hot dude uh homosexuality is still outlawed outlawed it's illegal to be gay not gay marriage mind you to be be gay is illegal in countries in the world in 2022. Yet, somehow, defiantly, America with legal gay marriage is the most oppressive and bigoted country in the world. What can I say? USA, USA, we're the best. We're the best. Even when we're the most tolerant, we're also the least. That's right. Number one all the time. Homosexuality is still out. Uh, Lightyear producer Galen. That could be the issue there. I wouldn't trust someone named Galen. Galen? Galen? I don't know. Galen Sussman said she expects the film will also be banned in China, despite not having received an official decision from the communist-controlled country. We're not going to cut anything out. Ooh, good for you. Finally taking a stand. Especially something as important as the loving and inspirational relationship that shows buzz what he's missing by the choices that he's making so that he's not so that's not getting cut what he's missing by the choice are you saying there's like a little threesome action with buzz Lightyear going on in this movie because if so buddy i'm on board chris evans who stars as the voice of the title character also commented on the censorship oh i bet it was cutting and biting and really insightful it's great that we are part of something that's making steps forward in the social inclusion capacity. Blah, blah, blah. The cue, the Peanuts teacher voice. Because this is a worthless quote. There's nothing that's going to be said here that matters. But it's frustrating that there are still places that aren't where they should be. Evans, buddy, buddy, slow down. You got your career to think about. You can't go out on a limb just like that. In March, a report said that the film's producers restored a scene of a same-sex kiss in the movie after several employees complained in the wake of controversy surrounding the parental rights in education law in Florida. Shut up. What are you saying? Disney cut that? You're out of your mind. No, they didn't. They probably had a cut option. They probably had like a China version like they did with Star Wars and they do with all these movies. And then people were probably like, no, that's not happening. And so, you know, worse because look how oppressive the United States is being. We need to lead inclusion, blah, blah, blah. And it came back. Where did it go? I don't believe you. Other movies have been banned over their LGBTQ. That's it. No plus, no All the other letters? There's so many other letters. We're just stopping at Q. 
All right. Fucking Republican. Uh, scenes including Doctor Strange in the Multiverse of Madness, West Side Story, and Eternals. Lightyear will be released on June 17th in most countries. Most oppressive nation on earth here, baby. Right here. The great state of the United States of America. The great state. Oh, my God. I am babbling. I am delusional. However, that, I just thought that was funny. I just thought that was funny. That's just like one of those facts, one of those like truths that like the left will never touch. The woke mob, the loud voices, the angry anti-oppression, blah, blah. Voice. They'll never even address that if they even know about it, which they probably don't because that's not going to be reported in the news outlets that they consume. But if they did, like, wouldn't that be the most important thing for you? They, they really are so paternalistic. Like, they will, they did it with Russia, I guess, like years ago. There was some gay thing with Russia. And they're like, ban Russia or whatever. You know, that's because those are white people. But, like, any other race or culture, it's like they have nothing to say about. Like, they can only, it's like, but these are, we're talking about universal humans. Like, this is not about race, right? Like, if this is your principle, this is what you believe, then you should, it should apply universally, right? No, not when they're brown or Muslim or Asian. Can't touch it. Hilarious. Hilarious. I don't have much else on that, but I did think it was pretty funny. Um, I guess, you know, the uh, fandom menace darling, Gina Carano, her movie, her Daily Wire, alt-right white supremacist movie comes out today. Um, The Prairie, Terror on the Prairie. Got an article here from Bounding into Comics. Um, I've talked about this story a little bit for a little while. I think it's good. I think it's a good thing. I don't know what it's going to lead to. I don't know where it's going to go. But as someone, me, who spent a little bit of time in Hollywood uh, pursuing a career in acting, roughly 10 years all told, another five in New York, uh, it's a pretty tough nut to crack. Not just for the reasons where, you know, they just that are just, they are what they are. Just an incredibly saturated workforce for only a certain amount of jobs. So, like, that is just the reality of it. And it, it, it's a very difficult thing to pursue, especially coming from the outside. If you're not from there, it's even harder. Because it's all about networking and getting to know people, which you can kind of understand the longer you're there, right? You meet a lot of lunatics. Uh, there's so many people that come and go or transient. You know, they might have just one good day auditioning. You kind of have to have a reputation. And you do have to kind of have some friends that will vouch for you. I get that. I totally understand that. However, there's a whole other thing going on. There's a whole other thing going on. It's probably always been like this, but I don't think it could possibly be the way it is now. Which is that there's this hegemony of thought that you dare not disagree with or face the consequences. And that was something that I faced a lot. And it was like I wouldn't really... I wasn't even as, like, based in my thinking then as I am now. Like, I, I was just sort of questioning. I just, like, this, these things didn't quite make sense to me. I really do. I didn't know where to land on them. I'm just like, that just doesn't sound right. That whole you thinking for yourself, that's a big red flag, man. Big problem. And so if that transpires in a group of your peers in the entertainment industry, well, it spreads, right? They, they, they whisper, you know, they talk about whisper networks. That's that's all they do. That's what they they talk behind your back. They ostracize you. Uh, they exclude you, and that goes up the chain, right? So someone powerful in that group who might recommend you, who might like your work, isn't going to recommend you now. If they have a you know an agent who's looking for this X Y thing or casting director, well, they're certainly not going to mention it now, right? And it's a uh, there there is this weird like social hierarchy thing like in Los Angeles being in. Cat hair in my mouth. On the roof of my mouth. Gross. Love my cat, but absolutely gross. Um, being like an out-of-work actor is one step, and I'm talking a small step, like one small step above being like a homeless crack addict. It's, it's you're, you're just like an untouchable cast. Stay away. Stay away. You're just another wannabe from wherever who gives a shit you know like just give it a shot there's just this like complete underclass of really handsome 
you know, six foot, incredibly toned uh, men who who are just looked at as like yuck. <laughs> women too. Don't get it. Don't don't get me wrong. Women too. But women have different ways of uh, getting attention or getting companionship or uh, employment in, in uh, society. You know what I mean? Men, it's a lot about their status and, you know, who, your, your, your social status or your financial status, your employment status. So those things matter. And in Los Angeles, well, being an out-of-work actor, naturally you're broke. Living in Los Angeles, not being uh, Elon Musk, you're also naturally broke. And, uh, you know, just being like another wannabe, a, a powerless weakling in the eyes of many there it's um it's a very it's a it's not a great place to be in and it's not it doesn't do a lot for your self-esteem it didn't do a lot for my self-esteem and i just saw a lot of men in the same situation a lot of a lot of guys uh just just you know like prime prime men handsome smart funny some of them were smart some of them were funny uh but just you know like you'd think prime candidates for relationships or just you know to be lauded uh, no not really very very pushed off to the side lots of menial work lots of nonsense um, lots of passion and lots of pursuit uh, so all that being said LA's tough you know LA's tough these social hierarchies are really tough and there really is not an alternative I mean there are other cities that produce things you know Austin produces things New York produces things but they always say this in the entertainment the home office is Los Angeles those are all just satellites and that's true like these are only there's only a handful of major motion picture production companies there's only like a few and most of them are subsidiaries of even bigger corporations anyway so it's like they kind of own and run the town they run the whole industry now youtube and streaming and all that stuff is kind of a uh, a, uh, a challenge to a lot of that but it's not a challenge in the sense like it's a challenge it's just a different thing you can spend your time doing but it's not really a challenge in that you're providing the same kind of content free of the constraints of the Los Angeles Hollywood system, you know, and for a while, it's not really that big of a deal because they were more concerned about making money than they were about changing the minds of everyone on the planet. Right. But now it, that really is what they're about. And you and I, I mean, you see it in, in a lot of the stuff that you watch, but man, I saw it in every single script I read in those acting classes. It was just, it's every goddamn thing. And then you're around all these actresses and they're all so, and like politically active. And it's just, you know, and they're all just agreeing with each other and these little hives. It's, uh, uh. So the idea that the Daily Wire, think of that what you will, has the means and the will and the ability to compete with that, even if in a meager way, with a very beloved person like Gina Carano, to me is very interesting. I think it's a good thing. And I would like to see more of this. Now, I don't, I don't know how far you can take a movie uh, without the distribution from the Hollywood system and make money on it. Now, The Daily Wire's got a giant audience, but this is only one movie, and it's not like it's not like it's a documentary about the transgender thing, like Matt Walsh is doing, where your audience is already built into wanting to hear about that, right? This is just a movie. So, what percentage of your audience wants to watch that? It's kind of hard to say. And will they be willing to pay like a ticket price, like you would go into the movie? You know, in a theater that you're just going to watch on your TV or home computer or something like that? Mm, tough. And how many of these can you afford to make a, 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 that, that aren't successful before you have to stop because it's just a losing effort? Movies cost a lot of money. Tens, hundreds of millions of dollars. How, how much of that can you afford to lose? GE can afford to lose quite a bit. I don't know that uh, BS can. And BS being Ben Shapiro. Um, so let's see what their article is here. Mr. Bounding. We like bounding. I like bounding. I'm not, I'm not as, I'm not as frequent on the website as I used to be just because uh, at this point I just, I, I, I already know, kind of already know what's going on. What more divisive propaganda? Oh, weird. Did they turn someone gay? Oh, okay. That's uh, what a shocking development. Let me get upset. Uh, not to say that you shouldn't get upset. I'm just saying for me, it just feels like wasted energy. 
Uh, Terror on the Prairie star Gina Carano on Exit from Disney. Oh, this isn't even about the movie? No. Well, even so, let's hear her out. I just knew I couldn't get on my knees for that propaganda that I saw so clearly, but I'll definitely get on my knees for Drunk 3PO. <laughs> boop, 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 boop. Still kind of think they are dating or may have hooked up. I don't know. It's just speculation. He's never said as much to me. Um, I don't think he would, but I do like making that joke because I think it's funny. Ahead of the film's upcoming premiere, Terror on the Prairie star Gina Carano has, Carano has opened up about both her experience filming the new Western and her unceremonious firing from Disney, saying of the latter that she just knew I couldn't get on, the knee, on my knees for that propaganda that I saw so clearly. Well, if there has been a story that has not been covered, it is certainly Gina Carano getting fired from Disney. What? What, what else haven't we uncovered? This story's barely been touched on. Produced by the Daily Wire, Terror on the Prairie centers on Gina, on Carano's Hattie, Hattie, Hattie McAllister as she, quote, fights for her life against a ruthless gang of outlaws on the plains of Montana. That doesn't sound so bad. I've been kind of getting into, like, westerny stuff. I watched that show 1883, even though I feel like it kind of got a little lame at the end. Uh, it was good most of the time. For most of it, I liked. I liked that show uh, with Josh Brolin, Outer Lands or something, Outer World. I already, wow, I already forgot about it. Obviously, it had a huge impact on me. But I liked it. I liked uh, going to that, you know, world uh, and, and watching it and like being in Montana or Wyoming where they were. So I, I, I kind of started to appreciate that. You know, I like that movie Hostels with Christian Bale. Uh, good. Uh, so I, okay, that's interesting. Uh, Carano provided insight into recent ups and downs of her career during a recent interview given to the post-millennial editor-in-chief Libby Emmons in promotion of in prom, promotion of terror on the prairie. Oh, terror. Okay. Uh, beginning the interview with a brief tease on the film itself, Carano told Emmons, I love the family aspect of it. I love that, said the MMA fighter turned actress. I feel like a lot of us are having to start over in different ways, and she's, you know, my character is going out there on her out of her comfort zone because she loves her husband and her family. I think the whole family unit is gorgeous. Now, if this wasn't Gina Carano, right, this was just Emmy Rossum or Emily Blunt or someone, right, in Hollywood, like this would probably be framed as female empowerment and, you know, women and this, that, and the other and do anything a man can do. But I do not think we're going to get such uh, generous descriptions from the mainstream press or Hollywood press because, well, she doesn't share our ideology, right? But you would think, I mean, this is, uh, like, if this, if we didn't have Gina Carano as our, as our, as our, princess our queen of the fandom menace uh and and this just happened we'd probably be like oh it's gonna be a woke western right it's like almost what it looks like if it wasn't for the daily wire and gina carano it's like oh a bunch of guys need being saved by a girl on the old west oh okay right so it's like it's almost still like they're making the same kind of movie but it's about family i don't know i'm not i'm just speculating here Taking note of how it was, it was evident upon stepping onto terror, onto the terror set was that it did not adhere to the restrictions that are prevalent in Hollywood. Emmons turned to the topic of the film shooting in Montana, which Carano explained was done in order to circumvent California's strict COVID policies. No kidding, dude. I was watching uh, Red Letter Media's like movie wrap up of 2022, and there was some movie made and. Because of the COVID restrictions, like you had to wear masks like right up until the point of shooting, and then you take them off, do your scenes, and then put them back on. You could see the band marks in the actor's face. It's like, what are you, what are you people doing, loonies? I don't feel comfortable with it. She opined, "I don't feel comfortable with the mandates. They are kind of going against everything I got canceled for." <laughs> Fair enough. I'm not trying to force my stuff on other people, and I'm not trying to have other people force their stuff on us. I feel like if everybody just had a little bit of freedom, conversation go a long way. Yeah, can't argue with her there, man. Completely agree, 100%. Jokes aside, that's a pretty reasonable take. It's not even like a, a right-wing take. It's just a reasonable, very reasonable take. I think that was always the thing about Carano that people gravitated towards. You know, One, she wasn't complying 
She wasn't doing what she was supposed to do by the powers that be. But also, she really wasn't like out there saying anything too wild. She was just not going along with it. Like I, I dug it too. You know, I definitely gravitated towards her for for like the because you're like, oh my god, an actress who won't put her pronouns in her bio. Like fuck yeah, based. Um, but also, like when you listen to her, I never thought she was like. You know, you're like, she's probably conservative, but it wasn't, it didn't seem to be her identity. So for us, Carano continued, the idea was just like, let's go create other work somewhere else for people that don't feel like having this shoved down their throats. Right on, man. Based. Evans then broached the topic of Carano's firing from The Mandalorian, to which the actress admitted, I would have been canceled anyways, 10 times from when I was canceled. So I'm happy it happened because my heart is free. Yeah, dude. I'll be honest. Not to get self-righteous here, but that's how I feel having left L.A., you know, it's like I live in Austin, Texas. It's not exactly fucking, you know, think of Little Rock or something. I don't know, somewhere more conservative. Um, but there's a freedom to it. You know, it's like, all right, you know, you can call me out, but I'm not going to hide that I voted for Trump. I'm not going to try to tiptoe around things. I'm, you know, I still like am judicious. I'm not just out there battling everybody. But, you know, I'll, I'll tease more. I'll assert myself. I, I'm not afraid of it anymore. And that's the thing I was. I was afraid. You know, I was very much afraid living in L.A. and being part of that industry and trying to pursue it. And like I completely identify with what she's saying. I'm not hiding. Yeah. And it, it's, it's like that's great. It's a beautiful thing. I'm honest. I'm out there. And I'm a very flawed human being. I am actually not, though. I'm pretty perfect. But that's where we, that's where we part ways. Uh, I, don't like have, I don't have everything figured out. But I know one thing is I'm attracting people that I absolutely like. I'm finding a tribe. She is, dude, which is going to be at that Comic-Con in, uh, in Dallas this weekend, which I won't be attending. But I will be at the meetup. I will be at the meetup on Thursday. Me and Jake D are driving up, baby. Three and a half hours up and back or something like that. However it is, Austin and Dallas. It's going to be a drive. But it's going to be fun. Can't wait to see everybody. Hope you're there. Um, she's finding a trip. Corona was fired from her role. Yes, we know that. The post in question. Oh, yes, yes, yes. This is just a rehash of something we have gone over quite a few times. Uh, as the conversation drew to a close, Emmons asked Corona, what advice would you give them if they were young artists who just wanted to make beautiful work and not propaganda or have to make it art activism? I'm quoting artivism. That's what Hollywood is. Just artivism. That's, that's my, I hope that catches on. That could be a hashtag. Hashtag artivism. Actually, sounds kind of cool, though. I think that they might be like, yeah, it is. It is. To which the actress confidently replied, I'd say strip yourself naked. Fuck yeah, Gina. Whenever you want to do that, I'm on board. On board with that. Start from scratch. Build your own stuff. The actress elaborated. And always throw your own birthday party. <laughs> That's pretty funny. I'm actually kind of down with that. But I don't like throwing birthday parties. I like throwing my own birthday without anyone. Because I don't like my birthday with other people. I like it with myself. Just me. My cat. My dad always said, throw your own birthday party because if you're not having fun, nobody else is. So I'm like, all right, I'm going to throw my own birthday party over here with this career. Booyah, girl. Get it. Karina added, for me, it was losing everything. And I just knew I couldn't get on my knees. Yeah, we got that. I, I got stripped of everything. And I feel like that was the best thing that could have happened to me because... Then things really got real, she told Emmons. I met uh, this YouTube creator named Drunk3PO. We've had a whirlwind romance ever since. This is the article. I'm just reading it. Just kidding, junkie. After you're canceled, you're looking yourself. You're looking at yourself, and your family is looking at you like, "What the hell?" And you're like, "I don't know, but I feel like I have to have. I feel like I have respect for myself." Okay. Well, she goes on from here. Um, pretty interesting. Pretty interesting. I don't know if this movie is going to be any good. I have no idea. Terror of the Prey will be available for streaming following its public premiere event, which will be held at 5.30 p.m. tonight, courtesy of Daily Wire. I am curious about whether this, uh, where you can watch this. So let me see. Terror on the Prairie. Uh, oh, that girl, that other base actress is in it. Samari... Samari Armstrong, who's really pretty uh, and thinks differently, which we all know is illegal. Uh, but she does it anyway, that rebel. I guess she was on like PragerU or whatever. And just like another another actress, another person in Hollywood being like, mm, I don't know about all this. This kind of sucks. And they're like, <gasps> what did you say? What did you think, you privileged white bitch? You're out of here. Um, and so she's in it. So that's cool. 
So it's got 22 votes on IMDb right now. We're holding a 7.9 out of 10. I wonder if any of those are biased. <laughs> I wonder if any of those 22 people are biased or if they just flat out think so. Um, where do you see it, though? So amazing that you Google Terror on the Prairie and it doesn't show the Daily Wire. Oh, Geeks and Gamers attended the, the – oh, there's a new article from Geeks and Gamers that just came up from Alex Gerzo on Monday night. Monday night. It's Wednesday morning. Uh, they went to the national premiere. That's cool. I wonder who went. Jeremy's got some thoughts on the film. Oh, Jeremy put out a video on it. Oh, that's cool. I'm not going to cover that now because that's sort of not really like of the appropriate time. But he did make a video about it. That's cool. Way to go, Jer. Way to go, Jeremy. Jeremy's a good guy. I met him in Vegas. I liked him a lot. He was cool. So I'm curious where you can see this. Daily Wire. Um, no, it doesn't, it doesn't come up. This is sort of an issue, right? Like, where do you... Okay, am I going to... Okay. If you go... Wow. Google, it's not easy to find it with Google. If you go to dailywire.com... An, an ad comes up for Terror on the Prairie, which I clicked on Watch Now. And so now I can see it. Or so I have to join Daily Wire to do it. Unlock access with Insider Membership today. Is that the only way to do it, is to join the Daily Wire? I don't think that's very smart. Because I don't want to... I don't want to join the Daily Wire. Not that, like, I'm opposed to it. I just, to watch this, I don't want to have to do that, right? I'll give you my five bucks or whatever it is, or ten bucks or whatever, to watch the movie. That's more reasonable. But to have to join the Daily Wire, like, I don't necessarily want that to get the movie. You know, you're going to get some people who will, but there's going to be a lot of people who won't. That's weird. And it's not that cheap, Like, it's at $14 a month. So basically, you're signing up for, like, another Netflix to watch this movie. I don't think that's a great way to go about this. Because at least with Netflix, for all the things you can say negatively about it, there's a lot of content up there. You're going to find some movies you're going to want to watch, right? Probably not the new stuff, you know. We all know the content's woke. It definitely is. But there's a lot of it. You know, we got this Netflix film. I just go to the homepage. Hustle, the new Adam Sandler movie. That apparently is amazing. Apparently it's really good. Then we've got Stranger Things, Peaky Blinders, uh, Jackass Documentaries, The Original Mission Impossible, The Departed, Starship Troopers, Better Call Saul, uh, Seinfeld, Dumb and Dumber, Happy Gilmore, The Fighter, Comedians in Cars Getting Coffee, Apocalypse Now, Full Metal Jacket. Okay, so... I get all of those when I sign up for Netflix, right? Those are all movies. So I'm a movie fan going to Daily Wire. I get a movie and then a lot of Ben Shapiro poning libs. It's not really the same thing. It's not. It would, you know, it's like even if I wanted to go watch, uh, let's say, the new whatever Avengers movie or something, right? And it's like sign up to this website. We have the Avengers and why transgenderism in children should be encouraged in lots of videos. You're like, I'm not here for that. I am here for the Avengers part, but all the other stuff isn't really why I, I showed up here. I don't really think that's a very good move by the Daily Wire, putting it behind a big paywall like that, where once you're done, see, and it's also, this is irresponsible, I think. This is a little bit echo chambery for me. Because when you go to sign up, it's not, it's not saying, because like, okay, what's the Daily Wire doing? Right, We're making a movie that is outside the Hollywood system, which is a noble thing, right? It's like, okay, cool. And so there's a lot of people who aren't just so tribal. They might go check it out. Then when you go to join, the first thing you see is plus more. So you get uh, what is a woman? You get um, 
Candace Owens doing uh, something about BLM. You, know, you get all these things that are, are right leaning, which is fine. And then right above choose your right above choose your membership, there's a the leftist tears tumbler. So basically, by joining this site, you're kind of joining like a cause. That's not a great way to market a movie. Like that's something the left would do. They'd be like, "This is also here to fight homeless teens who are a danger of being pregnant and are non-binary." And it's like, all right, I kind of just want to watch the movie. I don't really want to support your charity. Like, that's sort of what this is a little bit. This is sort of like, join the fight, patriots. It's like, I kind of just want to see a cool Western. Is that, there's no option for not joining to have to be a part of all of this? Like, and then if you are a socially conscious person, meaning like, you're concerned about your social hierarchy. If you're not 100% on board with this, which, by the way, Daily Wire is pretty like down the line right wing. Like if you're not the kind of person who's comfortable with like your friends learning that you joined a right wing site, like you'd stay out just for that reason. I have to be honest. I really don't think that's a good idea. Maybe what they're doing is trying to like it's a, it's behind a paywall like that for a little while and then it will uh you know maybe it'll be opened up you could get it on iTunes or Amazon or whatever like you know as a rental thing like any other movie uh in like a month or something they're just kind of giving priority to the people who are daily wire subscribers now that i can understand if that's the plan i'm with that a little bit more but man movie buzz is a cruel mistress that shit can just go away and in like a month people are like oh what was that what was that movie i didn't hear anything about it nah. right now you got a little heat you should give it you should get as many eyes on it as possible because you need to prove that this is profitable that this can work hmm yeah i don't know i don't know but we'll see We'll see what happens. I mean, I just, I, I just would wish you could see it somewhere else. That's all. Uh, you can only watch it on Daily Wire and only with a monthly subscription to a right-wing media site. I don't even want to do that. And I'm interested, and I think it's a good thing. I don't want to sign up for the Daily Wire to watch this movie. I just kind of just want to see the movie. Might be calling on uh, Wake Down to share his account with me. Wink. Charlie Sheen's daughter is going on OnlyFans. Okay. I don't care. Charlie Sheen blames ex Denise Richards after daughter Sammy joins OnlyFans. His eldest daughter, Sammy Sheen, she's 18. 18. Dude, that's. Look, I know it's legal, but that's kind of, especially if you're like a high-profile person, kind of irreparable. That'll never go away. If you uh, show your little cooter on the internet and you're a famous person, that'll always be attached to your Google search. Are you sure you want that? This OnlyFans thing is wild. It has gotten, I don't know if it's gotten out of hand, but it has. it is big. It's big. It's not just like a, uh, a fad, right? So I... Uh, I do consume pornography from time to time, just like any other most people, really, quite honestly, if we're being honest. Uh, and I go on these Reddit threads that are, you know, like they're basically just selfies, right? Essentially, they're just OnlyFans girls. Um, but there's a lot of them. And they have like big followings. And like this is how they make their living, right? You know, you know, I don't have to pay. I just go on the Reddit thread and look at their, you know, wonderful naked bodies. And I enjoy myself while I look at those pictures. And then I, you know, close the app and move on. Um, but man, like, there's a girl phrase that there's a girl that I know, whose good friend is on OnlyFans, like she posts on Instagram all the time. And like, you know, she has her own OnlyFans, like, it's just part of like her public life, which, you know, she's not that public, like, she's just kind of a girl in Austin. It's not like she's exactly a celebrity. Uh, but she has an OnlyFans. And I remember talking to this girl about that. And the thing that blew my mind, because she was just kind of saying, like, yeah, it's weird that she has that. She goes, 
she, the girl, not with the OnlyFans, says, I mean, I guess it's good to know that it's there if I need to fall back on it. It's like, I don't think pornography should be your backup plan. <laughs> I don't think permanently having your naked body committed to digital form to never be erased should be your backup plan. It doesn't, I don't like the sound of that. That sounds like it's just the normal thing people do. They have a Twitter, they have a Snapchat, they have an OnlyFans. That's just normal life. I mean, men want to see my naked body, right? Might as well make money on it. I just, uh, it's, it's unsettlingly widespread. I don't, I don't personally know any girls with an OnlyFans, um, but I'm sure that I do and I don't know it because all those girls on Reddit don't use their real name, right? So it, unless I stumbled across it, you know, how else could I possibly know? Or, you know, maybe a friend of a friend lets me know. You know what I mean? But, ah, that's, I don't like that. You know what I mean? And these girls are not, they're not old. They're like 21, you know? They're, like, they're still in the beginning of their lives. And it's just like, these are the life choices that they're faced with having to make. You know, should I get married and have kids? Should I, you know, go to college and become an angry feminist forever making every man I meet miserable? Should I go into STEM and, you know, learn science? Should I learn to code? Uh, you know, or, or should I be a professional whore <laughs> and call it empowered? It's an option if you're mildly attractive. I mean, all OnlyFans girls are not tens. Most of them are really just kind of like, cute plus you know they're not a lot of gorgeous women on there i think gorgeous women in pornography actually kind of intimidate most men so i don't think it's a great marketing strategy i think because you want to feel like she's gettable you know you want to feel like you could you could obtain that while you're pleasuring yourself to her images uh if she's too hot you kind of feel like i could never get her like she's she's fucking like tom brady or you know some super athlete or something not gonna fuck me you know what i mean i'm a bartender or whatever um so it's like wow so that that option is out there for like a lot of women and it seems like it's just kind of like a life choice they have to now face wow how did we get here this is crazy. This is crazy. And I can't believe I'm kind of opposed to it, right? <laughs> like, I think the younger me would be like, that's rad, right? If I could just pay to see girls naked that won't sleep with me, I mean, that seems like a win-win. And, and honestly, I'm still kind of on board with that. Quite frankly, like, the only naked images of girls I am interested in are ones who won't sleep with me. Because if I'm sleeping with them, then I see it up front in person, and it's way better than any picture. So... I don't need a picture of it. I've had the real thing. Maybe like a memory for later, I guess, so, you know, to revisit down the road. But it's not something I need to like, ooh, you see your tits? It's like, yeah, for like four hours the other night. Like, yeah, I mean, like, I don't need this. It's only really appealing when you can't have sex with her, when she won't have sex with you, or you don't know her, or like whatever. Like, that's the only... I don't know. What is that going to do to society? If everyone's... That dynamic, it becomes so literally transactional. Like I was thinking about that, like back in like the 1800s, like lots of women on like the, the in like these old West towns were prostitutes. Like I think Wyatt Earp married a prostitute. Like that was a kind of a normal lifestyle, I guess. I'm not a historian. I don't really know what I'm talking about, but it seemed kind of more widespread than you'd be led to believe in the, you know, Victorian puritanical 1800s. It seemed like there was a lot of whores out there. Uh, so are we are we revisiting that? Are we coming back to is this our new future where there's going to be a lot of, you know, like is that going to be kind of normal, like a transactional relationship with sex and women, like where you kind of pay for the privilege? I don't know. I mean, it's it's kind of one of those things now, but I don't know. It's a it's a weird thing. It's a very strange thing. Um, I have a bunch of other articles pulled up. Let me see if there's anything else I feel like touching on. This is actually kind of interesting on the topic of sex. So, y'all know the actress Gwyneth Paltrow, right? Of course you do. She's a big star. So she has her company, Goop. 
And I guess this is from the Daily Mail. It says, just whatever. Oh, God, the ads. The ads on the Daily Mail are insane. Are insanity. Uh, it says, just what every dad wants. Gwyneth Paltrow's Goop releases very raunchy Father's Day gift guide that features multiple male sex to- toys alongside a $10,000 watch and a $600 sauna blanket. Gwyneth's Lifestyle website Goop unveiled its gift guide for Father's Day 2022, which features several unexpected and pricey gifts. The actress included two vibrating penis rings costing over $100 and $200 penile masturbation device. I would not feel good about myself if I bought a $200 masturbation device because up until this point, I've managed pretty well. So at $200, I mean, maybe it's awesome. I don't know. One of the most expensive items was the $10,000 watch. Goop separated the Father's Day gift guide into three different sections. Uh, The categories are chef's kiss in pursuit of a different kind of dad bod and the sharpest tool in the shed. So kind of little tongue-in-cheek play on words type things look my first instinct about this is this isn't necessarily bad it's kind of dope right like she's releasing a a line of sex products like for men that are gifts but i guess it's being father's day is kind of weird but if like your wife gets it for you on father's day right because people do that couples do that right oh it's mother's day here's a ring or something it's not just you buy your mom something, but I guess the dynamic of them being Father's Day gifts are supposed to be from your children. So, yeah, okay, it's actually pretty fucking weird. So I I didn't really understand the implications when I first first read about it because I just think of it as like you're just buying the the patriarch gifts, but then yeah, if it's coming from the daughter, that's actually super weird. Wow, yeah. I, I don't know how I missed that. This is kind of insane. Uh, Gwyneth Paltrow's website, Goop, has taken Father's Day to the next level, uh, unveiling an extravagant and rather raunchy Father's Day gift guide that includes everything from a $10,000 watch. We know, we know, we know. How many times are you going to repeat the same things? The 49-year-old, she's only 49? just thought she was older for some reason. The 49-year-old actress's website offered a unique variety of gifts, claiming that the items helped to say thank you to every man in your life, saying dads, brothers, uncles, boyfriends, and husbands have not seen much in the way of innovation. I can't argue with that, but leading with dads is a little weird. But rather than reinvent the wheel, we decided it would be more fun to goop the shit out of it. While the 58-item list has some traditional gift suggestions like button-downs and tech items, it also has the, right, we know, the sex toys. Uh, the list of blah, 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 blah. Oh, here are the toys. Oh, they look kind of weird. Almost look like they belong on a fishing rod. Okay. This is the vibrating stimulator. Damn, dude, those are expensive. 120 bucks to... I mean, I guess, though, if you're getting a little bit older, it's a little tougher to stimulate the old, uh, what do you call Bait and tackle. Um, so I kind of get that a little, maybe, I don't know. Sex toys make me uneasy for men. I have a, I, I purchased a like fleshlighty thing once and just feel gross even having it. I use it like three times. I'm just like, this is just, there's just something about it that just feels wrong. Women have no shame in that regard. They don't care. They got a drawer full of that shit, but I don't know. It just makes me feel weird. And then this thing is $200. ArcWave penile masturbation device. Think that feels good? And I bet it does. Balls in the air. Supplements who are working really hard in intense pace and don't have time to slow down. Why is it called balls in the air? I mean, she's a bit, she kind of grabs headlines, right? That's sort of what her company does a little bit. She had that candle that smells like her vagina, you know, that's sold out. People are like, that's weird. And I guess like, well, there must have been a market for it. The gift guide has uh, button downs, massage guns, supplements. I mean, look, it's capitalism, right? So she's selling things. This is the sauna blanket. You know, but it's an actress in L.A. making things for men. That's interesting. From that angle, not so bad. Weird that for Father's Day, they'd be selling sex toys. That's that's friggin' weird. That is hands down bizarre. Maybe not as bizarre in Hollywood. I don't know. Uh, that's, just, that's just strange. 
Okay, well, that's going on. I guess if you want to get a penile masturbation device for your father, you know where to go. Goop Wellness. We fly it off the shelves and onto your dad's dick. <laughs> oh, geez. All right, well, that's going to do it for episode three of the MFR podcast. I do hope that you enjoyed this show. I hope that it was fun. Please like, subscribe. Uh, you can always check out this show on Spotify, iTunes, anywhere you get podcasts, and check this show out. Every Wednesday, 8 a.m. on YouTube, wherever you get podcasts, wherever you get shows, because I actually really get a kick out of doing this. I get a little nervous before the show because I always feel like I don't know what I'm going to talk about. And then I realize, oh, I'm the kind of person who can't shut the hell up. And there's no concern about me running out of things to talk about. So no worries, Matt. Just grab your nuts, put them in one of Gwyneth Paltrow's little sex toys, and get on the air. Because your public needs you. Thank you guys very much for watching. I really appreciate all of you. Thank you to the channel members. There's a bunch of you. There's some new ones this week. You guys are great. Uh, I will be getting to the point where we're going to be doing some sort of channel uh, member streams and stuff like that. But I have to get, I got to get my content output to a place where I feel like that's even deserved you know what I mean? I, I put out so little. I just I want to make sure I'm giving you guys more. Uh, so, But I really appreciate your support. Uh, thank you guys so much. And uh, I'll see you all on the next episode. Check out the Cocktail Lounge every Friday night. Love you. Bye.